Welcome to episode three of The War Without End. And this is our third segment. I'm Tiffany Ball. And I'm Nicola Rice. And this is The War Without End. Today we're going to be discussing how marijuana affected the 1990s. But in, before we do, uh, to recap what we discussed on our previous podcast, uh, during the 1980s, with the crack epidemic, the U.S. Congress passed the Anti-Drug Abuse Act of 1986, which allowed a series of mandatory minimum prison sentences for various drug abusers, which was supported by President Ronald Reagan as wife Nancy, who would promote her saying, just say no, which was directed towards drug use. So today we're going to be discussing marijuana of the 90s. So yeah, much of the legislation that we see in the 1990s with the incarceration rates is highly centered around uh, towards the use of marijuana. And and so uh, OGP.org... Really, really shows how this how this in, in, increase uh, happened, in which eighty two percent increase of uh, marijuana incarceration charges, uh, mostly of possession, from nineteen ninety to to the early two thousands, and so this increase um, uh, shows that uh, priority was really being taken towards weed use rather than more hard substances, and even so, one out of eighteen of these arrests resulted in felony charges. And so um, a lot of resources were allocated towards the fight against marijuana use. And uh, I, I, I believe that this, this was a, a very negative, negative thing that, that wasted uh, resources um, that, that could have been targeted towards more, more uh, felonized charges, more criminal charges, such as, you know, vandalism and other, uh, um, other more serious things. But uh, the fact that these resources were allocated towards marijuana use should, would, is also uh, a good insight in why these states became de- uh, came to decriminalize weed as a, as a controlled substance. And yeah, so Tiffany, would you like to add on um, some of the uh, what you think are some of the positives of this legislation? Yeah. Um... Well, I agree with your points. Like sometimes, like the arrests aren't really necessary. Like if someone were to use marijuana, even though it's not lethal, like other drugs, it still can be dangerous, and people can make bad decisions because it can cause them to see things which aren't there, and it causes like increased heart rate, and it can. Also, like, the people can also develop, like, schizophrenia and possible other mental illnesses that just won't help them. So it's kind of, well, in my opinion, it's necessary for, like, these arrests to happen because at least they won't be, like, putting themselves in danger by using these substances, like, outside prison. Yeah, but I, you know, I, oh, sorry, you go, Nicolette. Yeah, I was just going to touch on and say that um, similarly to how with the crack epidemic, they were 
times greater penalty um, than for having any possession of crack than any other drug or even cocaine is because like they were trying to really punish people who like had it even in small amounts or anybody because to, to, to bring an end to people selling it and really like getting it all across the nation so it wasn't even that big of a deal like small amounts but I think that the reason that they were making it seem like such a big deal and all of the anti-marijuana commercials and all of the like uh, extreme like media against marijuana in the 90s was because they wanted to prevent it from becoming an epidemic also like they thought would, would, would be coming. Yeah, during these epidemics, we see we see um, a def- definite increase in incarceration towards these specific substances in which uh, users are punished much more severely for a specific substance. And uh, I would just like to add that in the long term, this, this, this isn't helpful. It just clogs up our prison systems. And, and many of these um, incarcerated peoples still end up uh, using and, and uh, gaining access to substance in our, in our prison systems. And so I just, I, I think that the fact that we allocated these resources and think that this is the way in which we can curb epidemics, drug epidemics, especially with, with something as, as light as weed in comparison, which, you know, if we're looking at it, things like alcohol are, are much more uh, statistically deadly and much more, much more violent than, than uh, substances like weed. And, you know, also health effects, much, many, many more people, I sadly do not have the statistics pulled up now, but many, many more people die from, from alcohol use than, than weed use. So the fact that uh, legislation and, and uh, resources were so centered around marijuana use at this time, I think is just was both wrong and just ridiculous uh, outright. That's and, true, and uh, that alcohol is more dangerous, but at the same time, you have to remember that this was during the 90s and there was much less research around marijuana during this time. Now, the, the difference is now, especially like you see Canada and and all countries all over the world are, are releasing people who were incarcerated with like uh, breaking the law in relation to marijuana or having possession, things like that. They're releasing them because now the laws are changing and research is changing but during the 90s the world was a really different place and they didn't know really the full effects of marijuana and what the long-term effects would be coming into like 2010 and now yeah i would say i would say that's that's truthful and um you know uh you know on top of that you know relating to the the um some of the symptoms or possible mental uh, negative mental effects that we can have on a person um, um, I definitely agree with Tiffany's added note with uh, the development of schizophrenia, especially people more prone to psychosis and uh, people with, with genetic backgrounds of schizophrenia. So I'm definitely in agreement there. But I would also like, Tiffany, um, could you add something about uh, the CBD in, in marijuana? Uh, yeah, as in, well... Although this was later um, than the 1990s, the well, uh, excuse me, 
the from the 1990s up to now uh the increase of thc in marijuana has increased like from 1999 1995 to 2015 uh it is increased by 212 percent and yeah is that what you're referring to or is that different sorry no that's exactly what i'm referring to and so and so yeah i would i would like to note that cbd is a is a much uh is is um, has incredible medical applications, and so this increase in THC would also follow a trend of a decrease of CBD in weed. And so this is this is a, I would say, up to modern day, uh, a continuation of a very negative trend, in which uh, I, I think that due to criminalization, the the extremity of criminalization has caused the opposite extremity, in which people. Uh, want to push for a bigger high with these things in which people want to um, you know, go, go further and further with legalization in ways in ways that, that can be negative and so um, you know going off of CBD CBD uh, can help things like with anxiety which THC can actually uh, activate and, and you know increase with paranoia uh, things like that and so CBD counteracts a lot of those negative effects and I just, I just thought it was interesting um, that you noted that as well as and so you know um over encompassing the 90s was just this this fight against uh, fight against weed but we also we also see something different and so 1990 was officially the end of the the, the mass crack epidemic yet there was another stimulant that pr- uh, pre uh, proceeded it after especially on the west coast so definitely closer to home in which meth, uh, the rise of methamphetamine um became mass and um we so so you know, the meth epidemic in California, you know, rises really in the 90s. And um, we even see, you know, in, in you know, this, uh, the mid 90s, um, Fresno, uh, a Fresno drug enforcer was realizing that there was massive amounts of industrialized complexes of methamphetamine uh, being produced in the Central Valley. And so this epidemic reached as far as uh, Hawaii and, and then started its spread west. And uh, these super labs, you know, methamphetamine is definitely much more of a dangerous, dangerous, um, hard substance than, than weed itself. And uh, the DEA actually failed to um, regulate the use of epinephrine and pseudoephedrine, which are the main substances used to make methamphetamine. And... Um, I, I just saw that, you know, the allocation of these resources towards weed really created the availability for um, the, the rise of methamphetamine in the 90s as well. Uh, but, you know, you know, adding to that, uh, cartels, for example, were even able to import uh, ephedrine from uh uh, from, from the same uh, um, factories that gave the uh, pharmaceutical industries their epinephrine for or ephedrine for um, uh, uses in cold medicine. And these pills also, which contain uh, ephedrine, were not regulated enough to the point in which um, any, any person could go buy cough medicine pills and use it to make methamphetamine in any backdoor trailer or any household. And, um, you know, again, the fact that these uh, resources were allocated to such a minor substance 
really allowed for this uh, the sprung up of this. And, and you know, another thing we see during this time is is the first the first um, mass mass prescriptions of opiates, which later become such a huge problem. And we'll be going over in following podcasts. But we see the first the first real overdoses from uh, opiate use spring up in the late nineties. And I would just like to add that, again, the allocation and the misuse of resources by the government, by the DEA, has has allowed for much, much greater and much more negative substances to really take root and develop in the, in the United States. And I would just like to say, again, I, I, the war on drugs failed here. And I, I think that's a, that's a trend we see quite a bit in which this failure has, has just been such a proponent. And I feel like... Um, there, there, there should be a lot more done to, one, not uh, clog up our prison systems with such petty or, or you know, the problems of users, um, because it, it, it's shown in, in this data, you know, it, it's shown since the 70s, it's not been helpful. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you make great points, like, after 2001, like, probably after 9-11, a lot of people started using opioids rather than marijuana and heroin. But yeah, we'll go to that like in a following podcast. So yeah. All right. Well, this has been the uh, never ending war. Uh, thank you for, for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Now what?